Hello, and welcome to Humans of Agape. We are Agape Europe, a community of people who make Jesus known, so lives are changed and Europe is transformed. We want to bring spiritual hope and help to people from all walks of life. I am your host, my name is Jochen Geck. I work in the Berlin City Hub in Germany, and I'm curious to hear about what God is doing across Europe. So this is what this podcast is about. I interview people who are on staff with Agape and ask them about what God is doing in their lives and ministries. To clasp the hands in prayer, German theologian Karl Barth famously said, is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of this world. So it's my great pleasure to get to speak with one such revolutionary today. Lars Fetzner in Leipzig, Germany. Here he is. Hi, Lars. Hi, Jochen. So great to talk to you. Yeah, it's a pleasure for me as well. Thank you. Lars, you are in Leipzig as we speak, a city that the New York Times has named one of their 52 places to visit in 2020. Oh. And you've been living there for a while now. Mm -hmm. What's the, the main attraction or the main draw of Leipzig? So Leipzig has a few attractions, I would say. Um, there are some really cool churches, uh, historical churches, like the Thomaskirche, which is famous for Bach. And um, yeah, I think there are a lot of cool places, especially um, the music scene is very big. There's a big opera house and the Gewandhaus is very famous where the orchestra is playing. And But yeah, the old city is just, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And then Leipzig, the city of Leipzig, has a fascinating history of prayer and prayerful marches that yeah, had true. their part in the Berlin Wall coming down. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool that I get to talk to you because you are in the prayer ministry and you live in Leipzig. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's not surprising that the German prayer ministry would be in Leipzig. Yeah, maybe God knew and uh, just uh, called me here. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm just I'm here uh, since 2017, so I'm still a little new here, also to the culture, because I'm from from South Germany and not so familiar with the East culture. But I'm really, yeah, interested also in history and like the the things happening in in 89 was really something i'm a little bit more discovering now and just meeting people and asking how was it and that was really cool yeah yeah and it is still cool to figure these things out yeah um so lars i mentioned that you're in the prayer ministry mm -hmm. what does that mean do you spend your weeks on your knees <laughs> yeah, I get up at four in the morning and then just uh, stay what, on my knees eight eight hours. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, a big privilege to be in the prayer ministry with uh, Agape, and um, so we have a team with three people here in Leipzig, and so the main focus is to um, spend time in prayer and also inspire people for a deeper relationship with God. And so we are connected with a local prayer house here in Leipzig. There's a uh, interdenominational prayer house where people like Christians from different churches come and pray. And so we are also part of that. We have a few hours every week we pray there. And yeah, also during the day we have prayer times together and also 
I have prayer times on my own for the city, for our country, or just adoring the Lord, seeking His presence. It's a special privilege, yeah. Yeah. And what role does this prayer ministry play in the, in the whole organization? So our goal is to um, teach people for a deeper relationship with God or to, to train them and to be kind of ambassadors for, for prayer. Because I think everything starts out of a deep relationship with God, especially when we are in ministry. It's easily that we just run in, in our own strength. And I think it's, it's so important that we are um, close to the Lord. And so I think we are just a little inspiration maybe for, for people to seek deeper. But our, our goal is also to reach out, not to be inside of Agape uh, inspiration, but more also to train people like churches and believers or um, people who want to grow closer to God. Yeah, to inspire them, to help them, to teach them. And also we do a lot of like practical exercises with them. So usually it's not just us teaching, um, but just exploring together and growing in hearing God's voice, growing in uh, be strong in the identity of Christ. And yeah, so that's, that's what we want. But it's more like focused outside of Agape. But maybe we inspire a little bit within Agape. And also sometimes we accompany events like staff meetings or so in prayer. So that's maybe a role within Agape. But mostly it's uh, going out and uh, yeah, teaching and reaching the church and empowering them mm -hmm. in a deeper relationship. Yeah. yeah, I've met you guys and your team at various conferences on the European level, but also on the national level where you... Um, prayed for the conference but also offered prayer for people mm -hmm. so that's really cool and so when you talk about uh, teaching and those practical exercises you do workshops for churches and then also uh, inside of agape right so we do both yeah but the main focus is for outside to really yeah teach the the christians in the country and maybe also in europe um, wherever churches or groups uh, invite us, we, we come. And sometimes we also have a, a seminar house where we just like offer four or five times a year a seminar and people from different churches, they come and they uh, spend the weekend with us. And hmm. like, so different, different topics around prayer, you could say. So. Yeah, that's really important because I mean, even the disciples asked Jesus to teach us to pray. Mm, that's true. Yeah. So it seems to be something that can be taught. It can be taught, but I think mostly it can be practiced. And uh, so with every relationship, it's the same. I think you need to spend time with the person you, you want to grow deeper. And same with God, I think. That's why I think it's so cool when the disciples asked Jesus, uh, teach us to pray. He didn't give them a plan. This is how you grow in this. Mm. He just told them to pray. Pray mm. like this. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's cool. And what I really think is cool also is that you guys are connected with the larger prayer movement outside of Agape even, because mm -hmm. um, that has been such a big thing in the global church, I would say, and that through your ministry, Agape is connected to mm -hmm. the worldwide prayer movement. Mm -hmm. And so being connected has local implications. You guys serve the House of Prayer in Leipzig, but then also... Um, international consequences as one could say yeah you could say that yeah 
to the local body of Christ here, we have a lot of networks and uh, contacts, also to pastors and um, especially to the prayer house. And I know other prayer houses in, in Germany I'm connected with. I started a prayer house myself in 2014, and it's still running in the south of Germany. And I'm really, I'm so glad this year we celebrated the five years anniversary for the prayer house there. And That's so cool. I was there as a guest and it was just like filling my heart to see that. Yeah, it was cool. So tell us a little bit about that. How come you're so passionate about prayer? So I think the passion for prayer started in my teenage years. I was involved in a in a youth service and it was so cool there I experienced that um every time when we got stuck in our preparations for the service we we prayed and then just ideas came and inspiration came and I felt like God is just waiting for us to to ask him that he comes in and helps us. And then later on in um, my student years when I studied, I was often offering prayer at my house. So every week we had a prayer meeting and people would come and we would maybe, we were four or five people, not, not many, but then we would pray for different people at the university or different topics we, we shared. And it was so amazing for me to see how God answers like concrete prayers. If you have a specific prayer request and you bring it to God together and and he just answers it. And then people came, we have prayed for, or things changed in people's lives we prayed for. And that was something that really stirred my passion for prayer and also to seek the Lord more. And then also what really was a big inspiration was the prayer movement in England, the 24-7 prayer. And I read the book from Pete Craig, Red Moon Rising, and that just was amazing to see how a whole church can change through an active um, ministry of prayer and just a, a prayer room where people meet Jesus and how their lives change and how their passion changed for the world. And yeah, that was a big one. And in that time, I was also like a leader in the student group in, in uh, the city I was studying. And yeah, that that was something I brought into the group and say, yeah, we need to pray. Or, and so that continued and our group was growing. I, I just can see that's the Lord. It's not me doing it, but it's like him being asked to come. And I think that's that's so cool. And then later on, I, I went to Augsburg to the prayer house. This is the biggest house of prayer in Germany, and probably Europe. Yeah, and there, I think a new... Uh, and that was really interesting because I, in the early years, I I often encountered God in uh, like asking Him for things to do. And in, in Augsburg, I, I found a new dimension of worship and just adoring God for who He is. And so that brought a new perspective also on my re own relationship with God to seek Him also, not just for answering my prayers or for the things I want to see, but also for him just to be worshipped by us and uh, because he's worth it. And so that was a, a new a thing I brought back to, to my city. And then I started to meet with other guys and say, hey, we need, we need both. We need like an a, a active intercession um, and uh, an active worship house. And so I, I gathered some friends and we started praying in the city and walking around searching for houses. And it was a little early, but then we... we 
kind of found a group of people who wanted to to meet regularly to pray and um finally we we met every week or every other week just in our living room and started praying and praying for the city or worshiping god and out of this group the the prayer house started i founded with uh, with this team in 2014 so Back when that happened, you weren't on staff yet, were you? I was not on staff. I, I was working as an engineer, actually. I was not super passionate about the engineering part. And so later on, I, I thought, hey, I'm actually passionate about prayer and about what God is doing in the cities. And so that that was part because why I just went to, to Agape, yeah. But just to mention that you founded that prayer house in, in your hometown mm -hmm. while still working a full-time job. Yeah, Which that's true. That's I find true. admirable. That's true. Yeah, it was it was a, a inspiring time, very exciting. It was also not easy all the time. It was sometimes we also had struggles and I think we didn't find a house for one and a half years after we we found it officially as a team. So we were just meeting in living rooms, in parks, and walking around and we had different ideas or meeting on a hill a local and praying there. And had prayer nights in schools and other locations where yeah we we wanted to pray and that was was yeah. also a very adventurous kind of lifestyle yeah mm -hmm. prayer is an adventure i love how you personally were influenced by the 24 7 prayer movement in england because that was instrumental i would say in my prayer life too oh nice how how come in my youth group, we read that book that you mentioned, Red Moon Rising. Mm -hmm. And then we just started a prayer room. I think it was one spring vacation in an old stable in the middle of our village. Ah. We committed to praying for one week, 24-7. Mm -hmm. And that was just amazing. Mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah, God is just influencing all over the world. That's so cool. <laughs> he is. And uh, prayer is really making a difference. Mm. What's something that you love about your ministry and your job? I think one thing I really love is listening to God and when He shares His heart with me and sometimes tells me some secrets. That's just something that's always exciting, I think. And when I later on see that actually God prepared me for something or showed me something or helped me see his His perspective, his kingdom. And I think I love that. And also seeing people's lives change because they they meet God. I think that's one one big thing. It's for my for myself it's awesome to see when God speaks truth in my life how it changed me, but also to see in other people how it changed their life and sets them free when they hear truth from the voice of God. That's that's something I'm really passionate about. And also worshiping him just because of him is sometimes amazing. Mm-hmm. Are there also things that you find challenging about this kind of ministry? Yes, I think the challenging part is sometimes just the battle in your thoughts. That it's not not always easy because sometimes you feel like, I don't hear anything from God or I, I don't feel connected today. Or sometimes I have struggles with comparing myself to ideals I have, how, how God should intervene or come through in a situation. And if I don't see him coming through, then sometimes my prayer life is kind of boring because I think, is God even listening to me, what I say, or what is he, what does he do? And yeah, I think that's a hard part if you don't see God right away in, in what you pray. Mm -hmm. um, 
or if you don't yeah hear him say something in your situation and you feel some kind of discouragement i think discouragement is something i i struggle sometimes yeah and also if you hear other stories from other people how god came through and you prayed for something maybe for a few months and it didn't change or you don't know how to how to change yourself maybe in that situation or, yeah i have a friend here and um we meet regularly and sometimes i wish god would meet him because he's not he's kind of on his like he's searching kind of in, in like meaning in life but it's not not necessarily seeking for god mm-hmm. but we talked also about god quite a lot and and he's but still kind of like now i i don't believe that and so sometimes that's uh something hey god where are you just show up like you're real i i want to see you more in in action in that but yeah things like that or in a on a bigger scale of like things in the country or if you see the needs in in germany then sometimes i think god you sh- you must come through here there must must be more from you and yeah well It's fascinating to hear and in a way even encouraging that even as a professional prayer warrior, you sometimes struggle with prayer that uh, seems unanswered or um, even with discouragement, Mm -hmm. even though that's not very fun for you. Mm. I mean, I think we are all like on the same battleground. So, (laughs) yeah, so it's that's kind of normal, I guess. But it's not easy, yeah, it's true. But do you have advice for the rest of us Mm. how to deal with discouragement or with prayers that aren't answered? Mm. I think one thing that really helps me is the words of Jesus who say that stick to my word and you will get set free, like... Or no, you will you will see the truth, and the truth will set you free. So just also digging in God's word, and um, yeah, just trusting that His word is true. And if if like truth comes together with faith, it sets you free. I think, mm-hmm. and so that's like something I that that helps me in these situations to see. Yeah, it's it's God, and He has His plan, and. His truth is still the truth, and even if I don't feel it or I don't see it, it it will eventually come through. And um, yeah, that helps me to also withdraw from my own standpoint, my own emotional situation, and just stand mm-hmm. on truth. Yeah. And then you shared that part of your own prayer journey was kind of a shift from using prayer only as a means for intercession to discovering this new dimension in in worship. Mm -hmm. So does worshiping help in those situations? It depends. Sometimes it does, and it really lifts me up personally. But sometimes worship can also be a sacrifice in these moments that I kind of, I worship him, but not. then it's sometimes not like not emotional for me or it's just just yeah worshiping because he's worth it and but it helps i think it often helps me to to set my focus and also to to be not stuck in my own little circle of like depressing thoughts or so Mm -hmm. so it really helps to get out of that and but it's not that i'm always like yay then afterwards it can be that i worshiped him for quite a while and i still don't feel him anymore like than before but but it's definitely a, a good way to to come out of your own bubble yeah, yeah definitely did you with all that discouragement maybe 
Do you have maybe a story of encouragement that you could share with us where you did see God come through something that you guys prayed for or prayed with people and you really saw God intervene? So, yeah, I think there are cool stories at our seminars. Um, so we have these teaching seminars sometimes when we teach about hearing God's voice or um, yeah, how to stand your ground in the spiritual battle. And I remember a lot of people coming after a seminar and say, hey, that really sets me free. Remember, remember one time uh, a lady came and said, you know, actually last night when you, when you taught, taught us about being firm in Christ and standing in, in the authority, I even felt in my bed that I was lifted up in my back, that like I was straightened and now I'm kind of more more upright or I, I'm kind of feeling more strong in, in, in myself, like in, even physically. And I wow. thought it was, it was just a, a tiny uh, testimony where I thought it's so cool to how truth sets a person free if you believe it and you see, hey, wow, actually, yeah, God is my strength. Jesus is my righteousness. I, I can be strong in that. And I, I think that's, that's amazing. Or sometimes if we pray for somebody for healing and the person feels something, that's also like encouraging to see God is, is on the move. One time we prayed for a guy in the uh, train station here in Leipzig, like random person sitting there and waiting. And we were like walking around and seeing him and talking to him. And then he said, yeah, he has pain in his leg. And um, we said, hey, can we pray for you? And we just prayed short prayer in Jesus' name. And then said, hey, walk around. And he walked around and said, hey, what did you do? It's it's better now. And then we said, how much better? He said, yeah, it's, it, I still feel it, but it's better. We, and then we prayed again and he said, wow, it's... It's amazing. It's so much better. And then we told him about Jesus and he was, uh, yeah, touched by the, the message that Jesus came also for him. And yeah, things like that really make me happy or I say, yeah, that's good. And yeah, um, yeah. I bet because as a prayer missionary, probably much like an evangelist, you're always on duty kind of when you tell stories about the train station. Yeah. I mean, you are, you are always on duty, but you also have to, uh, recover at some points and it's always a, a tension sometimes to just relax and don't take all the needs of the world on you and uh, sometimes also i mean you you need your encouragement as well as others so yeah, yeah. so the the duty part is uh, sometimes a hard thing to say or to yeah yeah mm. and i say it half jokingly Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but thank you for sharing these encouraging testimonies. That's really cool. Mm. Praise God. I wanted to ask you about one other thing, a cool thing that you and your ministry are a part of, a special event every summer. And for you, it's even more special because, guys, Lars is very recently married and uh, yeah. newlywed, and he met his wife at this event, mm -hmm. the Crescendo Summer Institute. Can you tell us about that? So yeah, the uh, Crescendo Summer Institute is a, a kind of a institute for musicians and it is a, a very special institute. It's taking place every summer in Hungary for two weeks. And so musicians from all over the world come together to um, make really good music. That's, that's one part. And also to uh, like be inspired by God's word and by a community of, of believers. And so there are a lot of different um, classical musicians who 
like professors and uh, teachers and they teach like in their instrument students like from age around uh, 15 to 25 maybe in this age group and so then um, every morning you have an input like a spiritual input during the day everybody's practicing and then at night you have oftentimes like sharing time small groups where you can talk about different faith topics that are discussed and so people from all over the world come together with a lot of different backgrounds and it's not a an institute for like only christians but it's really an institute to um, inspire people by faith by christian faith and so people come with hindu background and and atheists and it's so cool to see how how encouraging the whole atmosphere is and it's not that people are um, judged for their opinion but you just openly um, talk about faith or talk about also your personal struggles as musicians because a lot of musicians are struggling with a lot of discouragement and perfectionism and i think it's so cool that even in the small groups it's not only about faith topics but also just personally sharing what you're going through and so praying for each other and yeah so a lot of people are encouraged and it's for me personally it's a really big blessing to take part of it so we we are there and just serving people with prayer sometimes personal prayer or just pray in general for the whole institute in the background mm -hmm. and yeah it's really cool and how do musicians react when you offer a prayer to them Uh, usually they're very open. It's it's cool because they, they have a lot of stress and they are glad if we bless them um, and, and pray for what yeah, the need is in their life right now or just being uh, stressed with the, the daily task they have to achieve. So, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not just a fun vacation. It's uh, actually really high-level music and musical instruction, master classes. Yeah, that's But then true. Also, high-level prayer ministry. That's true. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cool concerts are at the end of the institute. That's that's amazing. That's actually also a part I really love, when all the the orchestras and and um, all the musicians play, um, what they have learned during this two two weeks, and it's really amazing. It's good music. Yeah. So I can and really I can recommend it for everybody who who is a musician. And I mentioned you met your wife there. What yes. uh, did she do there? So my wife, she's a, a professional flutist, and she has a like a special focus on beatbox uh, flute, which is like very special <laughs> and unique. And I love it; it's really cool. So it's playing the flute and beatboxing simultaneously. And so she's teaching there as a beatbox flute teacher. And That's so cool. And yeah. that would probably be uh, enough for a whole new interview with her that I should do at some point. I oh, guess you really should, cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lars, as we're nearing the end of this interview, mm -hmm. do you have some very practical advice for all of us who know how important prayer is? I mean, the Bible says so, mm. but who... Uh, need a couple of pointers mm. i think one really most important thing for me is to really take time for the lord and not just rush into prayer and just here a minute and there a minute but i think a really important part is especially in this time um 
to take time, maybe take half an hour at least or 20 minutes or 45 minutes and then just listen to God, praise him, take time for him and shut your smartphone down. I think because like relationship is built through through time you spend with somebody and intimacy. So I think that's that's my most, yeah, the biggest point I think I need um, that I'm not distracted or just uh, doing my thing. Yeah. Yeah, but that's very, a very tangible takeaway. Thank you. Yeah, very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lars, thank you so much for taking the time and mm. sharing. God bless you in your ministry. Thank you. It was a blessing for me as well, and I enjoyed it. Thank you, Johan. That was Lars Fetzner. He's with Agape's prayer ministry in Leipzig, Germany. If you like this podcast... Why don't you take a minute and send a message to your friends to recommend it to them? And it would be really helpful if you could share our Instagram stories. Speaking about social media, you can find Agape Europe on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or check out our website agapeeurope.org. I'm Jochen Geck and this is Humans of Agape. See you next time.